Good morning. Welcome back to the vibe. I feel like I haven't been saying that enough, and I think it's because I've been forgetting about, like, what my vibe is, because it's so ever-changing, but let's come back to the vibe. Let me get back to that place that I, that I was at before, because I'm really missing that. What did I want to bring up this week? I wanted to bring up that I really miss my family. It's going on three months that I haven't seen my mom and my sister. Um, I know that so many people haven't seen their families, but this is just my platform to talk about how I feel. And, you know, I really, really miss them. And I hope, you know, you know, FaceTime is great and whatnot, but there comes a point where you start to be like, start to question, like, will I see this person in the, it's not, and I'll see them in the foreseeable future, but like, when is that? Like, you know, it's, it got to me this weekend. And I think I just, I think I wanted to say that because I think a lot of us are going through these moments where it's not necessarily anyone's doing anything or any harm to anyone, but you're just having these really scary thoughts. And I personally was having them. And listen, at the end of the day, I I spoke to my mom, I spoke to my sister, I feel fine now, but it's just the unknown. And I think, you know, when you've lost a parent, or anybody, anybody, if you've lost somebody at a young age, you just have this fear that like, you know, in this moment, God forbid something happens, and I don't see my mom and my sister. And I think that's a fear that everybody has. But for me, you know, I have PTSD for my dad's death. So for me, I have feared that a lot. And, you know, the, the moment I hear their voices, I'm totally fine. And I'm reminded that it's going to be fine. But I had a moment and I just want to say it's totally okay to have those moments. I always try to put on the best strengthful face, but I think it's good to share with you that I'm also not so strong. And I also like totally break down and have these weak times where I'm not sure what to believe or what to think or what to read. Or I, I just catch myself feeling super confused and lost and I think that's everybody and it's a really normal natural feeling when we have so many unanswered questions but for those who are missing people and you know people are telling them you're lucky you have a roof over your head you're lucky this yes we are so blessed and lucky but at the end of the day that doesn't make it any better or any easier for us to not miss our lives or you know the fact that we had an independent lifestyle before or whatever it may be it's all a big change and you know maybe at first things didn't hit as hard but you know after three months you you notice whether it's in your you know the pe- the lack of people you see whether it's in your bank account whether it's in you know the lack of people you're seeing every day and your team and everything and it's just it gets to you but I'm I'm just here to tell you that it's okay to give yourself that moment I gave myself you know, nothing even I gave myself all of Saturday to just be, just be in my feelings, not let anyone or anything judge me and just feel because I'm entitled. At the end of the day, my mom's in Philly and my sister's in Miami and it's, I'm not going to see them right away. So I am justified. And I think anyone else who feels that you're justified. I don't care what your living situation is listen, I get hate all the time because people believe that I shouldn't be talking about COVID because I live in an apartment with my boyfriend. That's just absurd.
like that is just out of control. I'm not luckier than anyone else. I am so lucky to have a partner, but by no means does that give anyone the right to say I shouldn't be talking about this because I have X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, you guys have zero idea what I have and don't have. You're just judging me by my Instagram, which is totally fine, but don't send hate this way. It'll never, ever, ever work out in your favor. Just FYI. <laughs> so I've been going really deep into Michael Jordan documentary because, as I've mentioned before, I'm really trying to, you know, I really miss the interview style of how this podcast was going. But because of this whole situation, which is totally fine, I've taken a different approach, and that is to just kind of guide you guys into a world of the past that we maybe never got to really relive and we get a chance to do that right now and I said it with Wu-Tang documentary I'll mention it again um and I'm gonna mention it again with the Michael Jordan documentary you know we're talking about the best music and the best sport history ever so let's get right to it with the Michael Jordan documentary this week I am gonna keep it pretty short and sweet because I want you to catch up and I would love for people to actually DM me what they're hearing and if they are enjoying it and I will take the deeper approach, but I've gone pretty, pretty balls deep, no pun intended, on the last, I believe, two or three. So I really urge you to listen to them. And it's almost like I was saying to my boyfriend, like I can I can crank out all of this content, but if I'm not like hearing back from you, I'm like curious. Are you listening? Are you watching? Like I was saying to him, maybe next week I'll take a break and, you know, urge you guys to really listen or watch and really follow along with me and make your own opinions and, you know, let's have a talk about it. And that's why I want to do this so that we do talk about it. I miss when I had my interviews and so many people admired the people that I interviewed and we had so many great dialogues and that's kind of what I'm trying to do here, whether it's with music, whether it's with sports, whatever it may be, I'm just trying to get into a different playing field of just Bravo. And believe me, I will get into Bravo. But let's get back into Michael Jordan. Again, I'm making this one light because I would love for people to catch up with me. This episode is very competition heavy. A lot going on with the Hornets and Michael Jordan, just truly making this not just a sports moment, but a moment to embarrass other players. As someone who was a psychology major, you can tell that there's so much psychology behind this, like as to why Michael just went for the gold and gave no fucks. It takes a lot to go for it all and to not care. And that takes time for any successful artist and human to do that. I'm telling you right now, every successful artist and human doesn't care. And one is very private. Two does not give a fuck about opinions. Number one, heavy, very private the most successful artists are the most private. I mean, I mean, for how long the marshmallow, someone I would never, ever, ever talk about, but so famous, so talented. Does anyone know what he looks like? Probably not. They do not. And there was like a time I think where, was it dead mouse? Yeah. Like a lot, there was, there was a time where like a lot of artists didn't want to be noticed. And I actually look back at that time and I'm like, I get it, because why would you want to be noticed in the real world? Like, you just want to be noticed for your talents. So I think that's what Michael Jordan also felt. It's like, I just want to be known for my talents. I don't want anything else. I want I don't want any of it else, and I want to be left alone. And that's the kind of guy he was. I have to say, whenever Michael Jordan dressed up, he always dressed, like, super nice. Like, and I just have to mention this one out, but because it came up in the documentary, he was in this, like, 
teal suit with like you know a striped different colored shirt and like he looked g as fuck don't get me wrong but it was like it was a side of him you know you're so used to seeing him and him in his uniform and whatnot but it's the moment that he got to get dressed up and i actually have to say i didn't even think about this but i'm as a yoga instructor i now understand like people are so used to seeing me in my like black yoga outfit that when they see me in actual clothes or like my hair not in a bun people are like oh my god you are so different. So I actually now kind of understand this moment of me being like, oh my God, him in his teal suit. It's the same exact thing as people seeing me in my uniform and then seeing me in real life with like my real jeans and like shirts and, you know, like maybe having some highlighter because I'm a girl and I care. <laughs> so I thought that was amazing. And actually that's a great comparison. We get a moment where we see Michael Jordan go. It's it's an interesting moment where he is considering the MLB or the NBA and it's obvious that he chooses the Bulls but it leaves you thinking and I was saying to Boomer like what if he stayed with the MLB or like I feel that no matter what he would have chosen he was bound for greatness so it didn't really matter at the end of the day and that's something I mentioned to Boomer and I think he agreed I don't remember but I think he did because that's if you watch this which again I'm telling you guys to watch it he he is just so good. He's so focused, like laser focused. You know, there's always, he's just always smoking cigars. And I was saying to Justin, like being a stoner, people are always like, how are you able to smoke and do yoga? And I, and I just smoke pot. I don't smoke tobacco products. This guy is smoking Cohibas and playing ball. So that's just, I just want to say something about like how people perceive smoking and athleticism. And it's, the two have a lot to do with each other, but they also don't. It has to do with a lot about your metabolism, your breathing capability, your lung capacity. And, you know, for people like Michael Jordan and I who are always constantly moving our muscles and we have to breathe a certain way, it is a little bit different for us. And I do have to say he kind of gives me and every other person a moment who gets shit for either smoking tobacco or smoking pop because at the end of the day, you know, if you really want to go into the science of it all, I'm not going to talk about tobacco because I personally don't know the science of that. But with marijuana, it's, sure, it could slow you down. Sure. But if you look at the positives, how it speeds your metabolism, can actually make you go faster, how it can make you breathe better, how it can help your circulation. It's, it's just very interesting. So let me get back to where I was because I just lost myself. <laughs> So he ends up coming back to the Bulls, um, but there's a lot of imp- lot of pressure to improve. And, you know, Michael Jordan ends up losing his, his ring. He loses his ring and his title. And, you know, when he came back from the MLB, he didn't get the number 23 back. And he felt that he wasn't winning because he didn't have his lucky number. And he felt that he wasn't identifiable. Like, he just didn't feel like the same human being. And he wasn't himself. And I was saying to Boomer, like, he was also becoming a father between 1990 and 1995. And I know this because his son is my age and went to UCF with one of my very, very good friends. And, of course, we we have an epic story about this. But we'll stay off. We'll keep that off the show for right now. (laughs) Lindsay Tarlow you know who you are um the night so I just wanted to mention that because I feel that 
during this time when his number wasn't given back and he wasn't identifiable and his children were being born and he was becoming a father, I think there's like a, a lot of identity crisis in that. And that's a part of psychology that I keep bringing up. So the night he lost, he usually goes away for a bit and he immediately stayed for practice. He was so loyal to his family family and the organization, every single thing. He verbatim said he needed to give the best. So then we get to Space Jam, and this is an, not only is this an epic movie, like, I love this, at my sister love this, everyone I know this, Dylan Baum, you are Space Jam, like, straight up, you are Space Jam. I don't know one person who didn't love this. I watched it as a kid, I watched it in high school, I watched it in college, I watched it, like, two weeks ago. Great movie. He was a mini media genius, you know, from um, his shoe line to now becoming in films that are literally based around, you know, Disney and, um, you know, cart sorry, cartoons and, um, basketball and, you know, combining the two. And there's a lot of actual music, like great musicians, I believe Destiny's Child's in it. There's a few, there's a really good few couple of artists that are in there. And I urge you if you haven't seen that, and he's a mini media genius. He like was dipping his toes into, into arts, into fashion, into, and it's interesting because you kind of, I can't help but think about Kanye West in this and how he dipped his toes, except, you know, I will say he did dip his toes into like a sporty side because he took um, athleisure wear and made it super cool. So he reminds me of that in the sense that he was like, I'm going to get into film. And the film that he got into wasn't just the film. It was a film that from 1990, to today is still one of the top scene films ever because why Michael Jordan is in it and he and listen he's not just in it he plays a really good role I actually have to say that when you see him in the interviews you're like I can't believe you're Space Jam like you're like just like in shock because he is he's not the most loving dude and it's just it's just one of those things that you have to like take a moment and look at Jordan for all the things he created just besides being an amazing basketball artist. He created one movie that is fucking phenomenal. I mean, Space Jam really goes down. It was interesting. He would have games since he was, since he, he was really, really, so Space Jam, this is why I brought it up. So while he was filming Space Jam, he obviously wanted to be playing basketball so what they would do was this is how like this is how dope Michael Jordan was that they would round up the best players and they would all come to the Warner Brothers studio and once a week they would have a big playoff and just the bit the best players to win he was such a g he has so much energy and it's wild he would go straight from filming and again when he filmed he wasn't doing just like hey kiddos he was like playing ball and like alone green screen you see the way the whole thing goes down so I'm gonna leave it kind of there because I feel like Space Jam that whole era of becoming a media guru kind of and staying silent again there are listen we can all google things and find things out about people but there are not so many things you can find out about him I mean right now really the biggest thing you can find is this crying meme from Kobe Bryant's funeral and again if you have not heard his speech from Kobe Bryant's funeral you absolutely need to it gives you a deeper dive into Michael Jordan's sensitive side so let's get into Bravo I'm gonna start with Housewives 
And I want to start off by um, stating Justin Sylvester was on comments by celebs, and he was actually at the dinner that was beyond awkward, the one that I spoke about that I that Denise Richards and Aaron were being super weird, and Sutton was very, very rude. And he kind of cleared something up that I wanted to restate. He goes deep, and he's like, all was good until they got drunk. He also says something fascinating that, Lisa Rinna can read a fucking room. That when Lisa Rinna said, like, let's all let's all say something nice about each other, she knew that something was gonna go down. But Lisa Rinna also has the ability to own anything she says and be honest. Now what I needed to say was something about Sutton. And I actually want to thank Justin for giving us this moment because he states that because I was I'm the one who was really rude and really confused about Sutton and I apologize fully so thank you Justin for clearing this up but what Justin said was that he's a southern guy and in the south manners are a big thing like not having a place card you know everyone kind of like that's a very casual dinner in Sutton's mind so the way that she was acting yes to us it's super bizarre but in the south like in the South, that's very normal. Like you think you're going to a dinner party and you're expecting you're expecting something a little high end, and that's what Sutton was expecting, and this was casual to her, so I think she was already thrown off. And he felt bad for her because he says as, as a Southerner, they are brutally honest. Like that's just how women and men are there. And this helped me because I was on the vibe, if they were being nice, let's just be nice. But she wanted to be her Southern self and be honest. And and I'm somebody who believes if you want to be honest, totally be honest. And she learned now that in Beverly Hills, like, words are hurt and they're not forgotten. And, you know, she kind of needed to learn that lesson on TV. But I'm grateful to Justin for clearing up a little bit about who Sutton is and where she comes from because... I, I personally, I don't know about anyone else, I was very, very confused by her, and, and I didn't like her attitude, an amazing moment, I just love Mauricio being the stoner husband, and taking Denise's salmon, because she doesn't eat it, like, that's just something I would do, literally, like, eyeing someone else's, like, food down, and it's just a great moment, like, I love the rawness and realness of Mauricio just being himself, like straight up just being himself. So this is where the edit, the shift of energy change is when Lisa brought up the first impressions. And then the second was when Aaron and Denise have a moment and it's just bizarre the under the table. Um, like the under the table moment where just everything is going wild, no matter how good <laughs> this is the best. This is actually the best part. I'm so sorry. Under the table, we are followed by this conversation that's just hysterical that no matter how good the dick is she doesn't need another crazy dude in her world this is what Denise says verbatim no matter how good the dick is she doesn't need another crazy dude in her world he says Denise gets fired the fuck up and has like scrappiness to her and she's not scared of anything and again I'm super thankful of Justin for saying this kind of stuff and letting us in on a little bit deeper because I never you know I, I always thought Denise got fired the fuck up. I mean, to be with Charlie Sheen, you have to be someone who can take that and be scrappy and whatnot. 
But, you know, I gotta love these moments when she's like, no matter how good the dick is, don't eat another crazy dude. Like, I, I agree with that statement. And again, Justin's great. He's like, you know, you know, when people start to perk up and they get on, I say, quote unquote, on. And we're back at the dinner party where I was saying Lisa Rinna needs to stop bringing up Kyle's sister. And it's a non-negotiable, like, it's not even like a comparison. And I get it that Lisa and Kim Richards had a deep, really deep, terrible moment. But that's not Kyle's place to fix it. And I think it's really hard one, Kyle being friends with Lisa and, and having a relationship with her sister must be very hard. So I kind of think that Lisa needs to take a step back and, you know, realize that she's still being loyal to her as a friend. And she's being loyal to her sister and knowing that her sister is not mentally 100% there. And that's why she does love Lisa and understands Lisa, but Lisa can't expect her to take sides. She just can't. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for that. I think you, you just can't, like, she has two daughters. Would she want her, like, would she want that situation happening or her, like, sister, her daughters, they'll always have to defend her other sister. And if so, she would want them to defend them. She wouldn't want them to, you know, Amelia to talk shit on Delilah. So I would love for, you know, her to listen to this and just kind of put that into perspective. So we get to Teddy's retreat and Kyle feels for Sutton because she feels that same awkwardness she had at Camille Grammer's event, you know, almost eight years ago where, you know, her and Camille weren't really on the best of terms and Camille was kind of a fucking bitch. Let's just be honest. She was just a bitch and it was very, very awkward and uncomfortable. And I don't know if you guys remember that scene that Mr. Chow's, I believe, where she's like, you're a fucking liar, Camille. <laughs> and that was just a moment and I, and I understood that. So Kyle and Dorit get into it because Dorit is late because she's getting glam. And it's really interesting because you don't see Kyle, you the episode before you see Kyle and Dorit being like after the party, after her dinner party, getting drunk and having a great time together, but you don't see them like bicker. And it's, I wrote another note that I thought was interesting that I'm going to preface this because remember the first episode, Kyle's fashion show when Dorit's trying to help her because she feels that she's not communicating with her team well enough. Well, clearly there has to be some sort of like jealousy vibe here because then Kyle and Dorit get into it because Dorit's getting glam and is late to the event. And honestly, she's just taking Instagram pictures and looks like workout Barbie. And it is kind of rude. And, you know, she's like, you have like, basically Kyle's like, doesn't your friendship mean more to you than like being glam? And she's like, honey, I have kids. And it's like one of those moments where you're like, Dorit, love you nearly dearly, but your kids have nothing to do with this situation. I'm talking nothing at all whatsoever. So to use that is just bizarre. And like you did, who needs an hour of glam or two hours before you're going to a, a fucking retreat? Like I've taught many retreats. That's the last thing on my fucking radar. And I get it. You're on TV, but Dorit, you're gorge. You don't need any of that at all whatsoever. You could do that yourself. Like I'm in a huge argument. Everyone is like Zen, the end of Shavasana yoga. And like, they're screaming and it's mortifying. And Erica fully agrees with Kyle, even though she also says in Berlin she was late once for being, you know, for glamming and whatnot. But she apologized fully and felt bad. And that was the difference is Dorit didn't apologize. She made an excuse for it. And Erica didn't make an excuse. She just felt bad that she was late. 
So we get to a 7 p.m. retreat dinner. And being a leader of of a retreat for events, you can sense when there is drama and you can sense you can sense it here virtually. Um, you know, I've taught three retreats and whenever, you know, even if it's for a week or two weeks, there's there's always something that's going to happen or someone that isn't going to like somebody. So you can feel that as a leader. And it, for me, I was like, oh my God, I, fe- I feel all the vibes for them and I feel really bad. So Denise gets in late and she asks everyone how their day was. And we unwind with the whole Kyle and Dorit trauma, you know, she didn't, she didn't realize Dorit and Kyle had this vibe together. And like I was saying on the first episode, I believe Dorit was trying to be helpful at Kyle's fashion show. So now I'm a little confused if there's something else going in, like going on with them. Then we get to Lisa and Amelia getting juices and talking about Amelia's move back to California and that she wants to get her anxiety under control with the help of doctors and transferred to USC. And listen, I have to say, Amelia, you're a real one for being honest sweet and real about something that many, many people struggle with. I mean, I remember my freshman year thinking, should I stay at Zona? Should I transfer? Should I go to Miami? I didn't know what I wanted. And it's really tough. And, you know, I was, my mom was never a housewife. I never had to talk about it on TV, but I can tell you that you're definitely helping a lot of younger girls who feel, not girls, just girls and guys who are feeling very similarly. Let's get back to Denise and Aaron. So they're actually being normal, which is really great. And they're hosting a dinner and she's basically telling him that it could go great or it could go terrible, but we'll just have to see how it goes. She's a cool chick, always laughs about it. So we get uh, a Garcelle, a family moment with her. And I have to say something. I've been calling Garcelle Carcel, and I just really didn't know. And I finally got and it's Garcelle. So Garcelle, I love you a lot. And that was my apology for getting your name wrong. So we see her adorable twins. They're super cute. She explains that her ex, who cheated on her, I just want to remind you, who cheated on her, had a like a five-year affair. She explains her ex, gave, she gave her ex 50-50 custody. And, you know, she shares that she's really shocked that after cheating and everything, that they're now on the same page and can co-parent. And she shares again how stoked she is that the boys, that the boys are finally not sharing a room. And, you know, she grew up in Haiti where one house was filled with multiple families. So, you know, she really just wants the boys to be grateful and happy for what they have. And it's funny throughout this episode, you see, or the scene, you see the boys being like, I want more Gucci. I want more of this. And and listen, Garcelle's a queen. Gotta love her. But she's like, boys, you're fucking working for it. Like, you're not getting Gucci. Like, who do you think you are? Mind you, they're like, I think 12 or 13 or like something along those lines. And I, I fully agree. Listen, my mom made, I had a job from the age of 15 till now. I literally was a hostess and then I became a waitress making that tip money, baby. And then I went to college and then I started working again after that. So I understand why she's like, no, 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 boys, you're not. Like you live in Beverly Hills. Listen, they're wearing Supreme. They have fresh haircuts. Like they're, they're good. They're good. But she, but I love that she gets back to that she can be they can co-parent after all of that really shitty time of her life and you know she shares again how stoked that she is that the boys aren't sharing a room and that her life their life is so different than Haiti and growing up with multiple families and she just wants them to be appreciative of that and I think that the boys will become more appreciative of that I just think they're in a space of their lives where they're just trying to be cool and keep up with the Joneses and it, it seems. Garcelle is very different than the dad so it's it seems like it's probably a struggle of who's being cool good cop who's being bad cop 
So Denise cracks me up with her pizza partying with her, like, diamond ice luge. I mean, it's amazing, but it's also, like, I can't help but feel like she's just a little random and tacky. Kyle's telling Maurice that her and Dorit aren't vibing, and she explains the retreat and her glam and yada yada, and even Maurice gets uninterested, as do I. Dorit is a mom to young children, and I just don't want us to forget that in these fighting glam moments, it's a little different for Dorit than it is for Kyle, and again, I'm not giving Dorit the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just giving her the moment that, you know, we do see Phoenix and Jagger, and they're under five years old, and that's a lot, like, that's a lot, so we just kind of, maybe, like, those moments of glam is her moments of, like, therapy almost. I don't know. That's my, that's just what I'm going to think of it as. So we get to Denise's house and it's so gorgeous. But again, the whole layout of the party is pretty confusing. And when I say that, I just mean the diamond sculpture. And she says that the theme is we're all gems. <laughs> I have to say this quote by Lisa Renan, that is Denise Richards is the biggest flake on the planet. And I guess it's kind of true. She does fake on plans a lot. And, you know, she says one thing is hurting and listen she did actually have a hernia in the last episode but I get where Lisa's coming from with this so Kyle's listen Kyle's just expressing that she was pissed that Dorit was posing and taking pictures when everyone was you know doing the retreat she just thought it was a weird time the vibe at dinner is buffet style and it's just funny because it's they've been married for a year and it's just it's just a really it's very not Denise style to just kind of throw something together and when I say throw something together I actually mean like throw random elements all together the vibe of this dinner is literally grab a plate buffet style and they've been married for a year and what is up with Dorit saying that Teddy and Kyle get along because their husbands are similar like, again, this is leading me to wonder what's going on with Dorit and Kyle. And, like, I love Dorit, but why are you being so weird? And I love this. Garzelle, Garcelle talks about how she kissed the girl and she loved it. <laughs> and Erica says she basically was in a threesome a threesome relationship with girls. <laughs> and so it's, like, really funny because then we get into this threesome conversation, which just gets so fucking good. So let's get into the threesome talk. At this conversation... As this conversation is going on, Denise goes back towards her kids and tells them that, like, you know, she doesn't want them to listen. It's weird, but it's fine. Dorit comes at the weirdest angle that Kyle and Teddy are giving lesbian vibes. Dorit has such a good side to her, but then she gets this, like, like, I mean, it's probably alcohol-induced, but how she gets is is nasty. I'm really not here for it. Like, like, it's that's not something we need to put on national television let's just be honest here um and it and it just it's you know they both come at come at each other and Kyle's like here we go Barbie glam look like things start to get bitchy all right so Lisa brings up that Kyle defends her sister and again like I said I'm not here for that at all Kyle that's a no-no zone and I wish I really wish Rena would stop and like, she needs to remember, Rin needs to remember that Kyle isn't Kim, and she can't control Kim, and all she can do is control her own self. And she also needs to remember that Kim has an addiction problem, and that, like, the choices and the things that she said and meant were not ones that she needs to remember that, again, someone is under the influence. It's not Kyle. That's not Kyle's problem or fault. And 
again, this, this always leaves me in a weird spot because I'm, I really am here for Kyle. I feel Kyle the most. And I wish Rena would think about her own daughters in this. And this is where we just leave to be continued. Quick Real Housewives. Luann and Jacques reconnect and he's engaged. And it's an interesting moment. They end up doing a show together. And I don't know who Jacques thinks he is, but he's no comedian by any means. And I'm not here for their like little moment. Um, Dorinda goes full Miss Medley, as she likes to say, and she goes to her old townhouse and takes a trip down memory lane, and it's really beautiful, and she talks about how this was such a growing and loving time for them, and goes to all the restaurants, and I'm gonna be completely honest, Richard sounds amazing, and their traditions were adorable, it seems like they were that couple that had, like, their, like, specific every night date night spots, and, you know, they knew every restaurant owner, and every a server and whatnot it's just like really sweet and she feels that she feels that Richard is coming into her life in a new way and I think that's a beautiful thing because she's reflecting on her relationship with John and how different it is and maybe it's good for her to come back to her roots and what made her truly happy for so long like I know my mom has gone through phases of dating people totally different than she'd want, but at the end of the day, I think what she would love to see is her how herself was with her her best self with the person that she was once with. And it's nice to take a trip down that memory lane and remember who you are. And I love, I, 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 you know, rest in peace, Richard. I hope you're with my dad up there, but he sounds like a wonderful man. He sounds like he really, I understand why Hannah loved him as a stepdad. It just sounds amazing. So Tinsley's relationship ending and Scott, she's starting to miss Scott. And we're getting that like back on that train. Obviously we all know that they're engaged. Sorry to spell the tea if you didn't know. And Lee and Rob either need to date or find love. Their dynamic is very interesting. I mean, I kind of feel like they should give it a go again. So I'm going to end with families of the mafia. Basically, I, I'm not going to go so deep into this because I kind of wanted to leave it at, you know, the Gravanas and the O'Tools. So the Gravanas uh, basically go visit Sammy the Bull because... Karen and Karina feel like they're honestly losing their shit and they need their dad to their dad their dad and grandpa to like give them the best advice and you know I love how Karen his daughter is like my dad never laid a finger on me my dad always had our backs my dad was always here for us and I think it says a lot and I love their family vibes so the O'Toole's, it's an amazing episode because the O'Toole's are the, the Irish mafia family and the kids are finally getting closer with their dad and the dad takes them and shows them where he grew up and, you know, the deep roots and where they got in trouble and it gives him major anxiety, like he's sweating bullets. And the craziest part about this episode is that we're watching it and, you know, his kids and him are having this loving moment and it makes me so sad. And then we get to the commercial break and we come back and it's we find out that in that that week Billy O'Toole had passed and as someone who hears the negativity about their deceased father it's nice for people to be love and kind and rebuilding their love and it's nice that they had that moment before he died and the daughter feels they actually had a genuine relationship which they didn't always have and you know I kind of wanted to leave it there there was some you know, obviously some interesting conversations with the other families, but once I heard that Billy O'Toole passed, I was just, 
I was shocked. I don't know if the show is still going on. I don't know the cause of death. This happened in July. It was very wild. It was very sudden. And it was just really crazy and really, really sad. And I urge you to watch it. And I don't know if it'll be back next week, but I I hope it is. So I left a whole Summer House episode for you. I talked about Gigi Hadid being pregnant. And Summer House, I just have to say, I love you so much. I'm deciding if I want to go back to Kardashian recaps. You guys will have to let me know. I do need to tell you that right now I'm loving Outer Banks on Netflix. It's really, really, really good. You know, we've been watching Hunters, which is a very heavy, um, you know, Nazi Holocaust episode, episode uh, TV show. So it was really nice to have a little bit of a difference. And, you know, I just want to say, check out the workouts that I posted with my friend Pamela, the lives, more podcasts, check out some books. Again, I'm urging you to write in a journal, think, write down three things you're grateful for this week, like every day. That would be dope. So I hope you found this podcast well. It's actually really interesting doing this again in the morning. I feel so much livelier, but I hope everyone has an awesome week. Give me some feedback. Let me know if you want a Kardashian recap or if you want a new story. I'm fully willing. I was thinking about giving you guys the Gypsy Blanchard story. So why don't you guys let me know? I hope everyone has an amazing week and, you know, let's get through it. Let's all be happy. If you have a moment, give yourself the moment. Let yourself breathe. It's all good. Have a great day and thank you so much for listening to The Vibe.